0: Hey, Bitch Talkers, this is Aaron. We have a really special interview for you. But before we get to that, we are going to be at Cobb's Comedy Club this Sunday, September 8th. We are helping to promote the really funny comedians who happen to be women show featuring Irene Two, Natasha Muse, Sandy Steck. It's hosted by Chelsea Bierce, plus more. And we're gonna be there podcasting beforehand, not in front of everyone, just in the green room. And, uh, but we'll be there, we'll say hi, you guys should come through, um, support your local comedians and podcasters, you can find those tickets at Comedy cobscomedyclub.com, we'll hang out, have drinks afterwards, uh, it starts at 7.30, you have to be 18 plus to come in, and, uh, please come, it's gonna be a fun time, we're super stoked to do this, so, um, Don't forget, you can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com. You can find us at bff.fm every Monday morning from 5.30 to 6. And without further ado, this is an interview with Jillian Bell, who is the actress and executive producer of a film called Brittany Runs a Marathon. Uh, I'm also sitting down with the writer-director of this film. His name is Paul downs Calezo and please enjoy and please support this film. I know we say that about a bunch of films, but I really love this film. Um, So uh, here's the interview. Welcome to Bitch Talk, Booze and Interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. This is Erin. We are in a very special area of the city. It's called the uh, Ritz-Carlton Hotel. Um, If you follow this podcast and listen, that usually means we are interviewing some really cool folks. I have an actress, executive producer, and currently in the Hemispheres magazine, actress Jillian Bell. You don't want to know why I know that. And uh, we also have writer-director Paul downs Calezo of the film Brittany Runs a Marathon. Thank you.
1: The cat and reader of Hemisphere. And also
0: a current <laughs> jogger, right? Is that what you're talking I, about? It's not
1: jogging. It's like that high intensity training thing. I don't really know. The, Cross training? You like get on the treadmill, you jog, then you go at seven, then you go at 7.5, then you go at eight, and then you go at 12.5 for 30 seconds and then down to walking pace and then back to 12.5. <laughs> and then
2: they make you do like ab work in the middle Yeah, or and right? then they
1: make you be very dangerous with your joints for 12 minutes cool. and yeah. you look lazy and sloppy and you're like, go- walk out of there and you're like, oh, kick my ass. I've done berries
2: before. It yes. is shaking. Yeah, it's end.
1: pretty incredible. It feels
0: intense. It is yeah, intense. It is. And
1: it's great.
0: And your body's <laughs> like, is it 5 a.m.? And you're, yeah. like, yes. you're like, yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> Wake up. Yes, it is. Um, I, I wanted to speak with you first about. Um, the film, obviously, and your personal story with it, Paul, and if you can expand for the audience about this film.
1: Sure. I mean, it started it started on a couch and it started on a kitchen floor, having a conversation with my friend Brittany O'Neill, who was uh, my roommate, my mid twenties. We'd met in college. We went we studied drama at NYU together, and we just always liked making each other laugh. And she was an expert at turning everything into a joke. Uh, but we were trying to figure out. I think as a lot of people are in their twenties. What's the road ahead look like, and how can I have a little bit of control over that? And why is my life right now not indicative of the future I'm hoping to have? So out of a very vulnerable conversation, she decided to start running and she went for her first run and I thought, well, this might be a movie. This hmm. might be a movie, somebody who is so uh, uh, joyfully clownish and fun and funny mm-hmm. uh, and ironic mm-hmm. suddenly looking to earnestly pursue a goal or an ambition and and change her life and stop being the sidekick in her own story, which was something I related to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I started outlining.
2: Cool. And Jillian, why was this story for you when you read it? I was looking for something different and uh, trying to get out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. I really love doing comedy and, and I thought you know, let's switch it up though. And, uh, my manager was on the look and she sent me this script and she said, I think you're going to fall in love with this, but I think you're going to read the first 10 pages and be nervous. Hmm. Um, maybe about its intentions because a lot of times people get this kind of story wrong. Right. And, <laughs> uh, and, and she said, but keep reading, you're going to fall deeply in love. And that's what happened. I, I read it and I laughed and cried and, And I, you know, met up with Paul and we both sort of had that moment of like, what are your intentions with my daughter? And because we were (laughs) very protective of of Britney and the movie and what we were saying. And we both were on the same page and just agreed to constantly be having creative conversations about every single line about the film. And I just felt like I was in the right hands.
0: And when did you end up meeting Britney?
2: I didn't end up meeting Britney until we were shooting. Mm -hmm. Uh, we were shooting a pretty emotional scene and she came to set and I was instantly like, are you okay? How are you doing? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um... I just wanted to make sure she was she was all right because that can be an interesting thing to walk into. Is, you know A lot of these scenes, though, aren't based on her real life. Cause. Literally
1: no scene in the movie is a recreation of something that happened in real life. Oh, okay. Interesting. It started with the idea of her emotional arc okay. and this character who uses humor as a shield and as deflection and has been relegated to the role of a sidekick mm-hmm. sort of stepping into her own. Uh, and it was, um, you know, I was able to, borrow milestones from her life to put mm-hmm. into our Britney's journey. Uh, but it was never, you know, this is Britney, that my real friend is Britney O'Neill, and, and this character is Britney Forglarn. It was important that I have the artistic liberty to go out and create a story and a character that had its own arc uh, for an audience so that we could tell the story fully uh, and so that it wasn't, you know, I wasn't doing a biopic of my friend. I was really inspired by what she was deciding to do with her life. And it was important for Jillian to then, you know, be able to own the character as her own.
0: Yeah. And can you talk about um, the, the main, one of the main threads of the story is friendships and relationships. Mm-hmm. Was that more about your relationship with Brittany? Or again, was it outside stories that you were kind of bringing in? but but loosely not too personal partially
1: i mean my into writing this was my tra- my transformation is a strong word but my <laughs> decision to come out as a gay guy and, and when i was 23 and that when i started to be authentic and honest and stopped hiding behind a shield that mm. i had up that was really sort of i was you know uh, i was uh, hiding behind the patriarchy in a lot of ways. I was clinging on to that identity as a source of power and, a, and, and protection. And, you know, sort of having enough of that and realizing that my circle of friends was changing as I was mm-hmm. being more myself. And, I, I, you know, I had a friend who I remember he would always come over to my apartment and I would remember every time he left I thought, every time you're here, I spend the whole time trying to make you feel better about yourself. And you spend the whole time trying to make me feel worse about myself. Mm -hmm. And I thought, this is not a friendship. And I, you know, stopped talking to him and it was necessary for my growth
0: boundaries
1: boundaries and self-respect and investment in time you know investment of time what who did i want to invest in i want you know you want to give and you want you want to be fed Mm -hmm. and so you need to find a balance in relationships where you can do both and so for me a lot of my early 20s was figuring out how to unlearn everything i learned growing up in a conservative religious georgia environment and sort of recreating my rubric for Fulfillment Mm -hmm. and I think we're always still doing that. I think we're all still doing that all the time But part of that is about relationships and part of that is who you share to connect with
2: It's interesting, too, because I thought that was sort of a late 20s thing. Like, I just went through that. I'm in my mid 30s now, but <laughs> I, say, I, I thought it was a 30s. But thing is, that's, but that's, but that's what I found out after we screened this film is that everybody. I mean, we were having people, women and men coming up to us at the age of 70 or 80, and they're like, I'm still dealing with right. That. I'm still trying to figure out how to get rid of people who don't want to root me on. Yeah,
1: uh-huh. we thought we were doing a story. Really? I mean, I thought my emotional end was my experience but that ultimately on its surface people who would connect with this film were millennial women (laughs) who felt like they'd gone through a similar journey but like as we've been going around the country even right from Sundance but like specifically like in Greenwich Connecticut so many men came up to me so many men who work in finance came up to me and they were like I've been doing this life because I thought this is what I was supposed to do. Yeah. And I got married and I never wanted to get married. And I had kids and I never wanted to have kids, but it was just the role that I was assigned. And I've just been doing it because that's what society tells me to do. And so there's sort that's of a this, lot
0: to take on. Yeah. <laughs> and those, you just sort of nod. Those kids I, are, hope those I know. kids are okay. Uh,
1: well, I think that happens a lot. People yeah. start living. Yeah. They, the they live the yeah. life that they think that they're supposed to live. And they feel that going against that is too scary. Mm-hmm. But the movie explores the sort of fuck that attitude that the idea is we can all write the role we want, we can be the leads in our own story and it can be whatever fucking story we want.
2: Yeah, and what are our own values and what do we want for our lives? Right. That's yeah. that's a cool thing to walk away from a movie having to feel. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We want the audience to think about their own lives when they leave.
0: And they do. I was bawling. Like I looked at my two friends at the same time and we were just like bawling our faces off like oh my god, I love this movie. <laughs> um, Jillian, I wanted to talk about um kind of what is it like to talk publicly about your body on and off screen? Because it's a thing and and we saw it in the Q&A last night. It is a thing.
2: Yeah. I actually just wrote an article for Glamour magazine. They approached me about writing anything about anything I wanted to. And I sort of just was like, I want to talk about body image and I want to talk about it in a different way, because this movie really inspired me. I, I sort of, you know, I, I wasn't horrible to myself but I, I would say make a joke before I thought someone else would say something or I would put myself down or look at myself in a different light if I didn't fit into a pair of jeans that I did two months before right yep. and so or the night before yeah or the <laughs> night before it yeah, could be quite frankly really yeah. our bodies changed so much mm-hmm. and uh I just wrote this article talking about how when I look back at old pictures sometimes I would be so critical of who I was throughout my journey and I just thought especially as women, but men too, we have a lot of bodies. And I thought that was interesting to talk about of like how sometimes when we're our happiest, we're heavier or thinner, it doesn't matter, but it's, you know, we look back and we have such judgment judgment about ourselves and I'm just tired of that. And so it was just discussing basically like, we're gonna have all these different bodies and let's celebrate at all stages. How would that feel? Yeah,
0: yeah, it's very powerful. Um, Paul, uh, I, you you really got to the heart and soul of a woman. I just I, I really felt it, and the moment that I felt it, and that's when we started crying all collectively, three of us in the in the audience. It was the line of "It was nice to be a woman for once." I'm gonna cry now. <laughs> Where did that come from? I loved that line.
1: You know, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Me too. Um, I noticed how the world changed my when uh, changed the way that it acted towards my friend Brittany as she was losing weight and different. it was different and it was exciting and it was sad because she was feeling seen and I thought what a shame <laughs> sorry it's early we've no, been on a I, press tour I'm it, crazy
0: no you're I, not affected, crazy that's an unfortunate affect, thing yeah it affected me last night and it just is stuck with me
1: and I and 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 I saw how it was easy to get swept up in the idea of the being valued by men for nothing more than how you look. And the door holding thing didn't—I don't remember that happening with real Britney's story as sort of a marker. But I remember in writing the story, just the simple, the simple gesture of somebody. Thinking to hold the door for you that you deserve the door to be held for you and that when she feels like she's gonna gain the weight back That simple Validation of existence moments like that Mm -hmm. of feeling like you're worth something that you're worth that somebody's looking out for you would feel gone because your Value is gone now that you've resorted back reverted back to a look Just a look that your body naturally goes to
2: it's it's so unfortunate. It's really troubling. Yeah. It's it, yeah. It's have hard.
0: You, I was gonna say, have you felt that way in your career and or life? More
2: in my it... personal life, I've gone through that. I, I I'm lucky to have never been asked to lose weight for a role. I didn't wasn't asked to lose weight for this role, but I just decided to take it on because I thought it would connect me to the character, and it did. Uh, but you know, I noticed after I got home, I I was. I I wanted more people to be commenting on it or if someone didn't comment on it what did that mean and if someone did comment on, on it it was sort of like well you you think I look better in quotes you know I I I all all layers of it it's really complicated mm-hmm. and so I just I'm trying to get to a place where I'm sort of like I don't need any of it it would have been nice if people were acknowledging it more on just the fact that it's hard work to lose that amount of weight but When people would talk about, oh, you look really great now, or this is the way you should be. It was one of my friends actually said that, which was unfortunate. And I had to talk to him about how, how damaging that can be. Mm -hmm. It's all a conversation. And I think this film really sparks a lot of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I actually have a silly question to end on, so we're not crying. Sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I noticed a lot of Mexican food throughout the film in New York, and we were literally just in New York. Came off the plane on Monday night, and we kept talking about Mexican food in New York. It was so weird, and then it was in the film. I have to
1: tell you, I have n- that was not intentional, and okay. it was just because
2: <laughs> it was a me. lot, right? Yeah, it I just... think
1: it's just me liking Mexican food. Like, I also like dogs. Oh, that's They're right. Jaron eats
2: a lot of Mexican. Food. Yes. There's a lot of There's you a, on
1: the Mexican restaurant date. You eat Tacos yeah, on oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's just a lot of Mexican food in my life. Okay. And so <laughs> as I was bringing myself to this story, I wanted that to be represented. Well,
0: I loved it. <laughs> and it was it was just very timely. Because we're like, why are there so many Mexican restaurants in New York? But then you brought Mexican food to the screen in New York. So. It's
1: authentic. New York. It was my observation. It has nothing to do with my love for queso fundido. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I want to thank you too so much for this film. And thank you so much for sitting down on Bitch Talk. Thank pretty you pretty thank so you much. For Thanks having for having us. us. Of course. Yeah. that was actress and executive producer Jillian Bell and writer director Paul Downs Collezo of Brittany Runs a Marathon please go see this film it is one of my favorites of the year i hope the rest of my bitch talk team gets to see it at some point i'm really bummed that i wasn't here for this one cuz it was the one thing in sundance that i was li- that i had hoped that we covered but we it was just, we didn't get to it but i had heard a ton of great things and won some awards at sundance and then when I heard from our friend John that it was coming through, um, I'm glad that one of us I'm got to do it. I'm I was able to make it work. And uh, I actually took a friend of the show, uh, Derek Hosberg, to the screening and uh, a friend of hers. And there was a moment. The movie has everything in it. That's all I'm going to say. It has all the things. And there's a moment where we all... Looked at each other and we were sobbing. I was just gonna say, did you cry? Yeah, our faces were wet, (laughs) like wet. Um, But it's such—it's a a great film for men and women. Please go support that movie. I think it's out everywhere at this point. If it's not, uh, it will be. Again, it's called Brittany Runs a Marathon. One of my favorites of the year. Please go support it. Please, please, please. Take your friends. Take your mom, dad, whatever cousins. Um, they'll really like it so uh, don't forget we're going to be at Cobb's Comedy Club this Sunday September 8th you can buy tickets at Cobb'sComedyClub.com. we are hosting a night called Really Funny Comedians Who Happen to be Women featuring Irene 2 Natasha Muse, Sandy Steck and more hosted by Chelsea Beers come come see us say hi grab drinks before after during whatever um, but support your local comedians and your local podcast Find us at bitchdogpodcast.com Find us at bff.fm every Monday from 5.30 to 6am We are powered by Go-To Productions, And we'll see you later Bitch please